0: win a trophy probably i don't give out a <laughs> I, I, I guarantee it bro i'll put a bet down if you want i'm gonna win a trophy yeah, in the modern age, age
1: steve, bro. before the steve modern- now it's time for the two-on-one a fantasy football podcast the official podcast of the super friends league
2: bad boy good
3: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the 2-on-1 a Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bautista. Alongside me, as always, the commish, Tommy Molio, and everyone's best friend, Dominic Rickard. we got a great special draft edition for you guys today. Uh, we're going to do some NFL quick hits on who we think were the winners and losers of the draft. So without further ado, let's get into it. Tommy, why don't you start us off, man? What were your quick hits of the NFL draft this year?
1: NFL Quick Hits Oh, man, I think the first impression I had of this draft was, like, how crazy did it look in Nashville? I mean, it was, like, packed, you know, and 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 I don't know if uh, the listeners out there know, but the two-on-one crew is planning to attend the 2020 draft in Las Vegas. You know, we have to go to the Raiders' new hometown and then see the draft live, but seeing how crazy it was in Nashville is is kind of getting me pumped for next year. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it looked like a concert over there. Like, what they say, 200,000 people or something like that? yeah that. and it was like every day it was packed
3: it was insane i i saw this uh, article uh, real quick on a, a bachelorette party that went to nashville that weekend and they were all pissed off because it was so <laughs> crowded i was like that's bad timing
0: man what do you yeah, think dom par- oh man yeah i I loved it too uh, i saw tim mcgraw on some of the shows like nfl network and uh one of my fr- favorite country music singers so he got me all pumped up they tried to get him to talk crap on the titans and he he held strong but uh Nashville did it right. And yeah, I'm excited for it to be out in my hometown in Vegas. So being a season ticket holder, I'm, I hope I get some hookups and we can get some good spots. Yeah, we
1: better get a hookup. How much money you're paying for those season tickets?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, the my impression of the draft, I, it was all about the Raiders. I mean, we had three picks in the first round besides having, you know, the first pick like the Cardinals, we were the, the pick of the draft. I think we were all surprised with the name that they picked with, but we were happy with it too. Uh, Farrell from Clemson. He he's he was the alpha of that D line and they had three guys go in the first first round. So really happy with that. And then Josh Jacobs, I mean, with Crowell getting his Achilles torn, he looks even like a better pick now. And then another ball hawk safety type guy who can lay the wood. I was pretty happy with that. The guy from Mississippi State, uh, what's his name? Abram.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Abram. Yeah.
0: Yep. And and then it just and then I mean, we talked about it before we started, but another uh three or four guys from the SEC. So Mayock and Gruden going heavy in the SEC. They want guys ready
1: to play. What do you think about, Tommy, about the Raiders? Well, I just think they all got they got high character guys. You know, I think that was their focus of this draft. I mean, Mike Mayock said it. That was his focus of, his, of this draft. And, and I know uh, I saw a video when he called Farrell to tell him, you know, he's the number four, four pick. He, You know, he was saying, like, you're getting this pick because you're a leader. That, that's what you're coming here to do is to bring leadership to the Raiders be the new leader of this young defensive line of this new raid face of the Raiders and, and, and all those guys, you know, uh, Jacobs and Abram, um, I, I think had really great comments from, from their interviews at the, uh, at the combine and before the draft, just how they were such high character guys. And that is something that, you know, I think is, has been missing a, a bit from the Raiders for a while. You know, uh, we always joke about Al Davis, like, you know, was going to go for DK Metcalf because he saw a, a really big guy that was super fast. You know, and and they're looking beyond that. They're looking just beyond just what the raw talent that these guys have, but like how they are as football players. And, you know, and, and as guys. So I'm really happy with their pick. Um, or with all their picks with the, with this whole draft class, I think they got really good talent. Added some really good skill guys uh, to add some depth, and and I'm stoked. I'm ready for next year. I think my biggest takeaway from the draft was, at least uh, at the beginning,
3: was that how many uh, we kind of nailed it with the defensive players. We yeah. went our last podcast. We said that there's going to be a lot of defensive end, a lot of defensive front guys being drafted, and I mean it played out like we thought. You know, 15 out of the ni- first 19 were all front seven players, um, and those edge rushers went quick. Uh, you know, Montez Sweat did drop to like 27 or what is it, 28, 26, I believe. Uh, yeah, but that's six. because he had a heart condition you know they were thinking that he had a heart condition so that's why he slid down but you know people knew it was kind of one of those drafts where it was kind of like a, a gritty draft there's gonna be a lot of defensive linemen taking a lot of defense there wasn't a lot of flash i mean we had a couple quarterbacks um obviously we'll get to the giants you know drafting uh, <laughs> daniel jones uh and with the sixth pick but you know not a lot of, not at all receivers you know except for Nikhil harry the last <laughs> pick of the draft in the first round so you know, it just goes to show that this draft was definitely a, a big boy uh, draft and a
1: lot of defensive players. So that was my number one takeaway. Yeah, well, just, do you think Do you think that ahead. like, you know, the NFL is such a copycat league, you know, and I think everyone's really trying to get the next Aaron Donald or the next Khalil Mack, you know, and I feel like that was the focus of this draft, that there was guys like that, you know, that were going to go high, that were high ranked all offseason, all from last year. And, and and Steve, do you think they're, they're you know, that's what the NFL is doing again. Cause like I said, it's, just, it's a copycat league. So that's, is that the next wave of guys yeah. that they're trying to find? I think that had some to do. that had some, it has something to do with it. Cause right now you got to be able to
3: have a quarterback that can throw the ball and you have to be able to have somebody to get the quarterback, you know what I mean? So a defensive end, a good one. But I also think that it was just the draft class in general. You know, there wasn't a lot of high profile receivers. There wasn't a lot of that many quarterbacks besides Kyler Murray and Haskins and Haskins and, and Murray both, only had one year of starting experience in college. So I just don't think it was that kind of draft. Like last year, for instance, you know, we had Rosen, we had Darnold, we had Allen, um, you know, and Baker. I forget the other Baker. There you go, Baker. So you had four high profile quarterbacks. Now next year's draft, they're already looking like with Hubert and with uh, Tua from Alabama, you know, that's going to be a more high profile. And I think what happens is then you're going to have more teams kind of going up and those defensive players kind of just slide back a little bit, but you know, and p- I, mean, I think people are learning too in the NFL that you can get a receiver anywhere, you know, and yeah. they can play, and you don't have to draft them necessarily
1: uh, in the first round, you know, early on. So well, that's, one, that's it's such a deep wide receiver class too, you know, that yeah. I think that they could wait, and there wasn't as as good as these defensive linemen, these front seven guys were, and, and there was, you know, relatively a lot of them, but they all went fast, you know. So all like the really elite guys were gone all the way by the time you know Montez Sweat and and Jerry Tillery, you know, to, yeah. to the Chargers. So, Leslie had a good I, quote uh, that it, the Rams GM, he said that normally
3: teams only have 15 to 20 players with first-round grades. The rest are second-round players. So, if you're in a team in the, you know, top, bottom 20, you know, 28, 27, there really is no difference from 28 to 34 to 36. Yeah. So, that's why a lot of these teams trade back. So, you know, unless you're really up in the high, you know, 15, it's going to be hard. Um, you can get one of these, like you said, Tommy. One of those receivers in the second round.
0: To wrap up the segment, I mean, look at the difference a year makes. Look what we were getting excited with the Raiders for last year. You know, maybe Jordy Nelson will will bounce back and have a a season he did in Green Bay, or maybe Marshawn Lynch will be the old Marshawn Lynch. And we knew we had some holes in our defense. Now we got you know four guys on the defensive side that might come in and start right away, and a, a great rookie running back. And Antonio Brown. I mean, I know we were excited last year. We went to Monday Night Football, but I'm so much more excited about this year. And I don't know if the NFL, you know, is doing a better year job every year of pumping up the draft. But I get more and more excited for it every year. I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that I, mean, was I for think sure. it was definitely hyped up, you know. And um, you know, you're talking about who the the Raiders got. You know, who some of my favorite picks that they got were were Hunter Renfro from Clemson. And, and Foster Moreau from LSU, you know, the tight end. And I think, like, you know, I just got an alert earlier today that they the Raiders cut Lee Smith, one of their stellar blocking tight ends that they've had for a few years. So I think, you know, this new class is really going to get in the lineup right away and get on the field and make a big difference. Agreed. So before we get into fantasy football talk, I do want to say that with our opinions and
3: with everybody's opinions on draft, we really won't know for a couple years to see how these players play out. You know, a lot is going to tempt, uh, and we talked about in the last pod, a lot of it's going to be scheme fit, but you know, right now it's just fun to, you know, trying to give these, uh, these teams, uh, grades and, and try to figure out, you know, what we think of them. So anyways, w- with that, let's, uh, get into some fantasy football talk.
2: Hey, fantasy, fantasy.
3: All right, guys, let's start fantasy football talk with, uh, fantasy studs of the 2019 draft class
2: hey stud
3: dominic go ahead and start us off
0: man yeah so since we are a fantasy podcast and i can't talk about d lineman i'll go to the first wide receiver off the board for my stud marquise brown i believe he's antonio brown's cousin and uh he went 25th overall to baltimore and uh, he can stretch a d out he can run routes underneath i I like this kid a lot i don't think he's you know fair to compare to his cousin but uh I think he's going to do th- good things for Baltimore. And and um, Lamar Jackson can throw the deep ball. That's the one thing he can do. So they need a guy that can burn and open up the defense. And I think that's going to help out Mark Ingram. His
1: value is going to go up too. Who is your stud, and, Tommy? Do you have any reservation about how small he is, though? Because he's only like 165 pounds. I mean, I, you, as a saying. linebacker in high school, played high school linebacker and was all state at 165 pounds. But you know, you're going to the NFL now. That's a whole different ballgame. 5'10". Uh, I mean, that, size always
0: concerns you, but if you're a dude and you get drafted that high, I, I think they wouldn't take him if they had those concerns. So I think he's going to prove him wrong. He's got a good pedigree, like I said, but only time will tell is that's with all these draft picks. Hey, Dom, do you think that
3: he... Well, first of all, it's amazing to me that the first receiver taken, uh, taken in the draft is 5'10", 168 pounds. Like, yeah, that's yeah. crazy right there. But my question to you, Dom, is do you think if it wasn't for Tyreek Hill... And how much he's changed? I would think the
0: league in oh, the your, NFL. Your apps, yeah, and you he, he you said drafted. it. You said in the opening. It's it's a or Tommy's did. It's a copycat league. That's exactly what people are looking for. You know, Mahomes to Tyree Kill, uh, Lamar Jackson to Marquise Brown. That's exactly what is, is exactly why he went higher than Nikhil Harry or you know some of the other guys on the board.
3: It makes sense though, like you know what they're gonna try to do. They're gonna run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They're gonna want those safeties to drop down, and then if you got a guy that runs almost a fourth, what four two, four three, you know, yeah. just going down burning. And to your point, you said Lamar can throw the ball deep. I mean, we'll see.
0: I still think his accuracy is is kind of like so so. So, uh, you know, I, I agree. I know. Like on the the long outs and the 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 digs and stuff like that, he he needs some work. But yeah, go back to his college days. That that was his best throw by yeah. far.
3: No, yeah. And I agree. In theory, it it, it makes a hundred percent sense why they took him. I'm just always worried about you know once they get to the game if they can plan for it. But if they're running the ball well, you know, they're, they're
0: you know, oh, they're be going hard to cover. Too. Yeah, Ingram well, and Edwards are going to be a nice one too, and then J- Jackson coming out too.
1: Well, I think he's a good fit for for Baltimore because I, you know, I mocked I mocked Paris Campbell there uh, in my mock draft mm-hmm. article just because I think they need that type of receiver. You know, that can run those dig routes or that can take a a, a zero screen to the house, you know, or a rocket screen up the middle. So I think it fits. I'm really curious to see just how well he does, uh, like in the NFL again for his size. And I think you're right, Steve, like Tyreek Hill show it's changing the game. The game's changing. These guys are just a little bit smaller, but we've seen it slowly happen over time. You know, we had Maurice Jones, Drew, guys like Barry Sanders back in the day. It's not just a big man's game anymore, and I think, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Tyreek Hill is changing that. He might not be changing it for anymore, but uh, (laughs) not (laughs) funny, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, it's it's that kind of player that I think is is going to can start to thrive in the NFL. So, who do you got, Tommy, for best uh, fit or landing spot uh, this year in the draft? Well, I think it was Dominic that already just mentioned it. I mean, after Marquise Brown and and Kill Harry going as the the second receiver off the board to the Patriots is is just a really good fit. I mean, um, I think it was fantasy footballers. I was listening to them talking, you know, talking about like uh, he almost can step into that Gronk role because he's he's a bigger receiver that can play in the slot, uh, but can still get up the seam and stretch the field. Uh, can catch balls that are not that well thrown, you know, which might be really good for Tom Brady's game. Uh, as he's starting to get older. And I, I just think he's going to get opportunity right away to get on the field, you know, opposite Julian Edelman. He's a great fit for that offense. If Josh Gordon comes back or not, I mean, I'm not saying Enkeel N- is, is a Josh Gordon type, but he can play that kind of role where he's that bigger play receiver. Um And so I think that's a great fit, you know, for fantasy purposes. As it, I'm seeing Enkeel go super high now in drafts, um in rookie drafts because of that fit there. Yeah, to your point, Tommy,
3: I think you're 100% right with him fitting in that Gronk role, exact, And like, especially in the red zone, because uh, Harry, Nikhil Harry was really good at contesting balls. He has really strong hands, and I think with Tom Brady, uh, as long as he can pick up the playbook and he works hard, I think, like you said, he's going to have some good fantasy
0: value this year. Two things yep. I want to say about Nikhil Harry. I was out in Arizona for the draft week, and I was listening to their sports talk radio, and uh-huh. he told the guys in the afternoon, I'm not going, I'm not going after 33. Arizona's taking me at 33 or I'm going before. And sure enough, New England snagged him up at 32. So I, I like his wow. confidence. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, second thing, the only hesitation I have, I agree with you a hundred percent on your, your thoughts on him, but the only hesitation I have is Tom Brady takes a couple of years to trust his receivers. Yeah. And I, and I don't think he has a couple of years. So I think he force feeds him a little more than he does. But I just hope he learns the playbook. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that playbook is no joke in New England, man. A lot of good players have gone there
3: and have struggled to pick it up. It it, it takes a special football player to do that. But they dumbed so. it
0: down for a Gordon, so if they had to do that he can, you know, run. Right. I'm not no, I'm not I'm not trying to be mean to Gordon, but he came in midway through the season and it, like you said, it's a hard playbook to learn.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and it's trust, right? Like uh Tom Brady is is big on trust. You know, that's why James White still gets a lot of a lot of uh receptions because Tom Brady trusts him, you know, Julian Edelman he trusts him, Wes Welker, you know, Gronk, those kind of guys. So it's all on trust. So if N'Kale can get out to get out to Foxborough, get out with Tom, with Julian, you know, build that rapport, build that trust up, then I think, you know, immediate impact on the field in twenty nineteen. I'm going to go with a guy that was in
3: the second round, sticking with a receiver, uh, Parrish Campbell, going to Indianapolis. I yeah. think that you talked a little bit about him earlier, Tommy. You were thinking he was going to go to the Ravens. Same kind of guy as Brown, you know, speed speed guy, smaller dude. Um, but I think that with Andrew Luck and then that receiving core that they already have with uh, T.Y. and the tight ends that they have, I think um, he could potentially go in there and could take some slots Time from TY a little bit and have some good fantasy value. I think it's a great spot. It's indoors. And then when you have Andrew Luck as a quarterback, I think it elevates every receiver.
1: And I think team. Andrew Luck's going to come back so strong this year, fully agree, healthy. Man. He looks so good last year. It's crazy, man. I, I, it's the turnaround that the Colts did was
3: amazing. And I think that's the whole point of the quarterback and kind of going to uh, speaking a little bit about Arizona is like, you got to get the quarterback right. If you get the quarterback right, you know, it, it,
1: Fill so many holes for you right, yeah. when you have an elite quarterback. You know, and them getting uh, Devin Funches in the offseason too. I think oh, that's I'd a love great that. addition. Great, pick, you know, because, man. right, because he can still play on the outside. I think I still like Devin Funches. I mean, I think he still has mm-hmm. a lot of talent. He just, it just hasn't happened so far. But, you know, maybe that should, have, that's just been f- playing with Cam Newton, you know? Yeah, I don't think Cam
0: Newton's a good quarterback.
1: So, yeah, I agree.
0: I, don't, I think that Cam that
3: doesn't, an actor can't throw the ball, but exactly. Yes. And he throws too hard, he doesn't have any touch. And Funches is a red
0: zone guy. He's going to be a red zone right. guy. So with Andrew Luck, sheesh, watch out, I, man. I I get scared of Ebron, especially in Dynasty, because of Funches. I think that's you know, there goes five-year touchdowns at UCAL last year. Yeah, I know. I wonder yeah. if Ebron's going to... I mean, I know he's not going to catch
3: as many touchdowns as he did last year, but with Funches being in the fold and, now, it's going to hurt Oil, him, oil Doyle coming back healthy. Yeah. yeah. It's a good offense, though. I mean, if you think about it, maybe not fantasy-wise, uh, besides Andrew Luck, and maybe TY, but they're going to be a pretty good productive
1: offense. So who would you, who would you draft first uh, in, in redraft leagues this year, uh, Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle? <sighs> can I say neither? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I asked, uh, can I take, uh,
0: uh, what is his name? You uh, back. <laughs> from the Jets, I'll take him. You got to take Ebron,
3: I think. I mean, he's the more athletic tight end. Uh, Jack Doyle's athletic, but yeah. I think that he has a little bit more potential for those like two touchdown games maybe. Than Doyle does. Doyle's consistent, but Ebron is still a superior athlete. There's a reason why he was drafted, you know, top 15 in the draft. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just a great athlete, and I think that he has more potential to have one of those big games. But you're also going to have to deal with the swings. You know, you might have a one point, two point game, and you might have a good 12 point game one week. You know, yeah, so, you're gonna have to live with that
1: roller coaster. So can I do two more? Two more guys? I think that had really great landing spots in this draft. Then I think we're gonna have a really early uh, fantasy impact. Miles Sanders to the Eagles, I think, was a great pick for the Eagles. And I, I know it's, he's going to be in a running back rotation, but I think he's good enough to break into it pretty early and get on the field. And I think they're going to see that he's better than Jordan Howard, and he's just a more complete back than anyone else they have that he's going to get on the field right away. Does he have any relation to Barry Sanders? No, but he did play behind <laughs> Saquon Barkley at Penn State. So it's like, I like that connection a little bit better. You know, if, I'm not saying he's the next Saquon, but he did have a really good year and and obviously didn't play before that because of Saquon. I just don't trust the Eagles, man. They're
3: always committee. You know what I mean? Like, like they yeah. never had a bell cow running back. And teams like that, I mean, to be honest with you, last year I stayed away from the Eagles running backs. And for good reason, you know, there's a couple of games that went on. You know, Sproles had a good game or the, uh, the rookie from Notre Dame had a pretty good game. But other than that, you know, and I agree with you, though, Tommy, I I think my, Miles Sanders is better than you know, Jordan Howard. I don't think Jordan Howard is very good for today's NFL, yeah. um, which we've talked about in the past. But I don't know, man, sometimes with the Eagles, just I'm not saying that he's not a good fit. I think he's going to be a very productive player for them. But fantasy wise, I don't think it's be enough to to draft them very high, maybe like a pickup
1: in free agency or something uh, during the season. Then so the other guy then is Daryl Henderson for the Rams. You know they got him in the third round. We've heard all these talks about Todd Gurley's knees, about arthritis. We saw the TMZ video of him limping out. I think if something goes wrong with Todd, this could be their next running back of the future. That's an interesting one, Um, Domalasky. Man, uh, what
3: do
0: you do you think the Gurley injury is bad? No, I think it's it was bad in the playoffs, like he sh- shouldn't have been playing, but they wanted to use him as a decoy, but I think he's going to be fine in the off season. I think it is just arthritic related. This kid is good and it was a good pick, but I think McVeigh just wants to go more uh you know spelled girly, get him a little less touches, but so he can be more productive and save him throughout the season, so this doesn't happen again and this guy I think he will be a good definitely a good dynasty pick, a good stash. He'll he'll get you probably three four hundred yards this year, maybe two touchdowns or something like that. But he'll he'll get that work that CJ got in the playoffs, and CJ looked great in a couple games. But that's because yeah. Todd could barely play at all. So I I think it was a great pick. Is definitely happy you pointed that out, Tommy. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think
3: that uh, arthritis? I mean, that doesn't go away. That gets worse. You know, yeah. I mean, it's something he's going to have to deal with every But it's, year. Pain, it's pain management.
0: It's not, it's not a, well, he couldn't handle the pain in the playoffs. <laughs> no, I think, I think yeah. it was worse than, it might've been like a, I don't want to speculate because I'm not a doctor, but like a, you know, a mildly sprained MCL or something like that, where the arth- arthritis was a good way to blame it. But he, there's something that wasn't right. We all saw it. So do there's you think no way that then they lied, they lied to the NFL then? They yeah, 100%. 100%. That's shady, but not really. It's not really a lie to the NFL. It's it's a lie to the other team because he's such a powerful weapon. You want Bill Belichick game playing for Todd Gurley. So, what does this Daryl Henderson pickup by the Rams mean
3: for John Kelly? Because last year it was all about John Kelly, the backup for the Gurley, and now they draft a running back. Clearly, they're not too high on John Kelly then, right? And that's why they brought in C.J. Anderson. Yeah, that's Did what I was? think. On yeah. and off the practice squad last year, wasn't he? Yeah, right now they have Justin Davis and John Kelly as the backups, and now they have uh, Daryl Henderson. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, we'll we'll have to wait and see with Gurley, but I know a lot of people are scared, you know, about drafting Gurley too high, and they're worried that yeah. he might have more
1: injuries. So, uh, those were already. that's a good one, Tommy. Well, in Dynasty, I'm seeing Gurley go and and startup Dynasty drafts seeing Gurley go basically at the turn at the end of the first. Yep. At the end of the first round, and beginning of the second that's round, man. In that. and and then the twelve-team league too. So that's going anywhere from pick ten to fourteen, you know. Yeah, and I he guarantee was easily, you, last year was first. Last year, every half. easily, yeah. And even at, even towards the end of the season before the playoffs, I was having arguments on Twitter with people like, "No, it has to be girly." Like, how can it not be girly? And then the playoffs happen. You are like, "Oh, uh, okay, it's Zeke. I am pretty sure he finished
0: third in PPR last year, still, and. As running back and he was first and then third. So he was, you know, top three running backs the last two years. If he, do, I think he's going to do it again this year. I told you that off the air, Tommy. I think he's going to be a top three running back again. I really do. I think his
1: touches are going to go down a little bit, but he's going to be more effective. So, so would you say that's a hot take, Dominic, that, that he's going to be top three? Because I don't think I hear, I'm hearing that from anyone else. Nobody. That's bold. I mean, I, I am saying that's a hot take. That's <laughs> That's a free nugget right
3: there.
2: Free nuggets.
3: You, you know what's it. funny though is like Ooh. when would you ever think a hot take saying that top todd Gurley's is going to be <laughs> oh. top three in the nfl exactly. in like that's insane that's insane man just it's to crazy show you how much, much it changes change. but that's so crazy and that shows you how volatile the running back position is you know what how I mean? old do you think todd Gurley is i think he's like 30
0: but he's probably like 26
3: he's 24 <laughs> top of my head oh, i said 24
0: he's 24 wow. he's a baby His man he's 30 yeah, that's yeah true? That's true. Let me let me let me Google that just to make
1: sure. But I'm pretty. I'm almost 100 percent positive. Don't be doing no, fake news like, on this podcast, Dominic. <laughs> 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 but some of these guys, you know, they're they're like younger yeah. than you think. Like he's 24. He's born in 1994. That's incredible. Jeez. Wow. He seems like he's been in the league forever. It's yeah. Crazy. That's,
0: that's the thing about running backs, man. They they, they got gotta don't last. Yeah. That's that's why I get paid, man. But he, he's gonna be good for four more, five more years easily. Four
1: right, more guys,
3: games, maybe. Let's move on now to uh, what we think the fantasy duds of the 2019
1: draft class is. Tommy, go ahead and start us off, bud.
2: <laughs> you got the dud! Oof.
1: Well, I, I think the obvious one that nobody liked was the Daniel Jones pick by the Giants at pick six. Uh, I love the reports that came out of, uh, out of it later from David Gettleman saying that he knew mm-hmm. someone was going to move up. He knew someone was going to take Jones' before number six or if, if he didn't take him at six and move back that he was going to be gone and I don't know it's like I, I get that there's a Manning connection there with Daniel Jones's coach David Cutcliffe from Duke coaching the Manning brothers both of them in college I get that connection but you could easily trade it back or you could have waited or or I don't know I, I just I don't I don't fully understand I mean, I get yeah. that I, I like Daniel Jones actually I just don't think it was a great pick for them at that spot I mean, I'm going to disagree with you on this one, man. And I understand they're taking a lot of heat. And they're taking a lot
3: of heat because we get all these mock drafts coming up, just like the Raiders got heat for uh, for Farrell, you know, at number four. My, my argument to that would be, if that's your guy, that's your guy. Five years from now, if he's been a starter for three years and they made the playoffs, is it going to matter if he was six or 17 or if they move back to 10? You know, if they, if they were truly convinced that Daniel Jones was their guy, Uh, then six was a spot to take them. Okay. Now I will say to your point, David Gettleman hasn't given us a lot of confidence to see, to, you know, to, to, to make sure that like, okay, were they really sure that they were, you know what I mean? Like you can, because of all his other stuff, what he's been saying, you know, his whole mishap with like thinking Ohio state was in like the, not knowing they were in the big 10. Like, (laughs) so how much is it like, you know, that that's the problem. I think like if they were like with Mayock, you know, if Mayock was, a, uh, I heard them saying if Mayock was still doing the mock drafts and stuff and he was hammering for fail all, all, you know, two months before the draft, everyone had been like, oh, okay, you know, that's a good pick. Yeah. But, you know, he was convinced that that was their guy. Now with Gettleman, if that was their guy, that's a good pick, but he's just not giving us a lot of confidence because of what he's been doing in the past, you know. But I think it's a good fit for him. I mean, for, I mean, he's not going to have to start, you know, he's going to sit behind Eli for a year at least. You know, and and then, um, you know, maybe learn the playbook a little bit better. And they got decent, you know, they got some offensive guard last year. They got the tackle from New England the year before. But they got some pieces on the O-line. So, you know, I I don't know. A terrible pick. I I find it hard to say, like, they're terrible picks. But it's a tough situation. He's going to be under a lot of pressure in New York
1: for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a big market to go to. And I think high expectations to if he is going to be the heir apparent to Eli. But yeah, I I see what you're saying, you know, especially if they got their guy. I get that. I totally get it. They got their guy. And if that was their guy, go for it, you know. And it it shouldn't really matter where you picked him. Exactly. You got your number one player. But I mean, isn't it a little little hilarious? Isn't it a little hilarious, like how much these two, him and Eli, look like twins? It's incredible. We're like kind of like distant cousins, you know, like. They probably grew up in the same country clubs, man. That's why. Oh, probably. Goofy dudes, man. (laughs) Super goofy guys. Yeah.
3: Well, my my dud uh, fit was uh, definitely uh, the tight end from Iowa, TJ Hawkinson, going to Detroit. Uh, Detroit doesn't throw the tight end. I don't understand what's going on. I mean, they have – I don't think they've ever had – I mean, they had Ebron. They high might now. traffic. Well, they might now, but why did they do it before with Ebron? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you guys doing, man? And I feel bad for him because he looks like he's a good player, you he's know. A great but player. I just don't see how you know, you know. You could say, oh, well, last year did they get a new offensive coordinator? Because I don't think they did. No, I don't think so, so. And last year they didn't. They didn't throw the ball to the tight end. So I mean, I guess they're going to try to do it now more, but. I just well, feel bad I, for the kid, man. Going to Detroit, and, and
1: you know, we all said Matt Patricia is trying to be Bill Belichick 2.0. Right. He's trying to do the Motor City Patriots, you know. And and I think a, a lot of there's been a lot of discussion that that Hawkinson could be the next Gronkowski type. And I think he's a little bit closer, maybe to like Kittle, mm-hmm. but yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I think he's looking for that tight end. And, and if that's if that's a plan, if they're looking for someone to fit that type of role that that Patricia's used to, you know, in New England then I think it's a great pick. You know, I think it could be, uh, if they switch things around, if they change Stafford's style of play, which good luck. Cause the guy, he's been in the league forever, you know, then, then it'll be a great, you know, a great pickup for them. But yeah, it is a little weird too at the same time. And, And that's our, that's, that's to our point that we've been trying to hammer in since
3: this last pod. And this one is that a lot of these rookies, like, you know, it's all about fit and where they go. You know, if, uh, if TJ goes to a team like, let's say uh, Green Bay or even like New England, where they use a the tight end a lot, he'd probably be a lot more, we'd be probably a lot more confident and be like, oh man, it's a great fit for that guy. He's going to have a great year yeah. with now him going to Detroit. We're like, ooh, we don't know and that could derail his career. You know what I mean?
0: That, that goes right into my, my guy that I have. It's the same, same situation. I think it was a bad fit. Because I think he's going to play too early. And that's another quarterback like Tommy had. But mine's Drew Locke. I think they they had Flacco. They, they drafted Locke. He's their guy. But I think he's going to play this year. And if that's the case, he's not going to be successful. I think he needs to sit two, three years like Aaron Rodgers did. And I think if they play him early because they're losing. And I think John Elway is going to ruin another quarterback. Or a missed on another quarterback. So that that's who I have as a bad fit. I know a lot of people like that fit cuz they had Drew Locke a little higher than some other quarterbacks, but Yeah. He w- he wasn't a winning quarterback. He's never been a winning quarterback. He didn't win state championships as a high school, and you guys know how much I love winners. Yeah. But he yeah. was he was mediocre and he was a good he was a great college, you know, quarterback, very serviceable, but that makes you exactly who we were just talking about, uh Matthew Stafford from the same conference. You you're never going to win a, yeah. a a playoff game rarely or Definitely not a Super Bowl. You
3: didn't hear that Joe Flacco was just entering his prime? John Elway just said that. <laughs> <And>
1: <laughs> I, Joe I texted,
0: for the long- <laughs> I texted Tommy right when they made that pick. Oh Poor Joe Flacco. He's going oh, to lose a rookie two years in a row. On a you know they're going to lo- start losing, and you
3: know that they're going to be so much pressure to put this kid in. I think you're absolutely right, Dom. I think that uh, the kid needs to sit, and he's probably going to play sooner than later. Unless Flacco has an awesome year,
1: which I mean, I don't see and anything all Flacco go- playing. Well, and I was gonna ask, do you think he's gonna get on the field first because Flacco sucks or because Flacco's gonna get hurt? It's a possibility he gets hurt. I mean, they got some good defensive,
3: uh, defensive ends in uh, the AFC West now. And they got a we got a tough um
0: they're gonna play the Chicago Bears. Um, Flacco's a pretty tough guy though. He's pretty big and sturdy. I think it's injury was pretty freaky last year especially he knew he had a rookie behind him so I'm sure if he could have been on the field he would have but I'd say more of Flacco sucking and the team just not doing well but they don't I mean Emmanuel Sanders who knows how what he's going to look like coming back from that injury not good Cortland Sutton said he's ready to be the number one but when he had a chance last year he he did decent down the stretch but nothing eye grabbing or anything like that. So. And they Joe is like a statue back there, man, too. You know what I mean? Like he has no mobility they're, whatsoever. They're gonna try to run the ball with Royce Freeman and, and Lindsey, and then they're gonna try to play defense. And, and they got Noah Fant now, so how do you think Noah Fant does, Dom? Yeah. I think it's a better fit than uh TJ, like you said. And and Joe Flacco loves tight ends, like yeah. Dallas yeah. Clark. I remember, you know, remember those days when fantasy days? Um you're like, I thought Dallas Clark played for the Colts. Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah, the Colts, but he played for, he played for Flacco and went off like, one, two years in a row. Dropping knowledge on you guys. <laughs> Damn. You know. But anyway, I think, it, I think it's a great, <laughs> it's a great pick. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool, man.
3: And what about uh, um, Tommy kind of segueing? Maybe not a dud, but do you think, um, and he's not a rookie, but I'm going to consider him one. Uh, Josh Rosen going to Miami. What do you think? Is it going to be a dud or a stud? Well, and I think and it's before, really, let me tell you this before, too. Last year, uh, his offensive line was the worst offensive line graded by ESPN rankings. And he's going to the team that was second worst graded for offensive line play. So So it's not
1: much of an upgrade for him. Well, and it's really interesting, you know, that they brought in Fitzmagic. Oh, I forgot about and, him. You're right. Yeah, and I feel bad again for Fitzmagic because now he has <laughs> another quarterback behind him. And is he going to be able to keep that spot? And I think just like in Tampa Bay, the the moment he, he falls off a little bit, they're going to be thinking about, well, maybe we should put in Josh. You know, we traded for him. We might as well do it. So, you know, I think it's kind of sucks for Fitz that he has a target on his back again. But uh, I, I think... Josh is young enough that if they roll with Fitzmagic this year, and then you know maybe halfway the second half of the season, you know they they turn towards Josh. Uh, I think it might I think it might work out. And I, I'm I'm remembering back to early last season how we talked about a lot of these teams that drafted for rookie quarterbacks last year turning to those quarterbacks super fast. You yeah. know when it wasn't really working out, like the minute it wasn't working out, let's put the rookie in and see what he can do. So I think Josh is going to get some potential to start. Pretty soon uh I, I don't think Ryan's going to hold that that starting spot, so i I like it. I like Josh to Miami. I just think the Cardinals should have done it before the draft and not played their hands and had more of a argument to get a better pick or more assets for it. I think they 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 made a mistake by not trading for that pick before the draft started. yeah, I think they blew that one pretty bad man I mean
3: they knew. I think that the GM for Arizona is under a lot of pressure. I mean, he really, you know, screwed up last year with um, Stephen Wilkes. And then also, you know, they traded three. They got rid of three draft picks to go move up to get Josh Rosen last year. So obviously the Stephen Wilkes thing didn't work out. They get Cliff Kingsbury. And I think what he had to do was he had to go all in. And I think yeah. Kyler Murray was that coach's guy. He's like, I'm going to give you all the tools to succeed. I'm going to draft you three wide receivers. I'm going to give you the, the quarterback you want. No excuses. And it has to work for this guy because if not, I mean, it's bad. But they did a terrible job. They should have totally traded him before the draft. They could have probably got a higher second-round pick. But when they waited for when Daniel Jones left, you know, got drafted by New York, and then Haskins fell to the the Redskins, all the th- the teams that really needed a quarterback, you know, they were gone. They got their guys, so then they didn't have any leverage. You know, they have any leverage
0: to to trade. Yeah. First and foremost on Rosen, I don't think you can judge him at all for being on that team last year and give him a fair shot to know if he's, you know, gonna be what he's gonna be. His team was a shell of itself. They their core their coach was not calling the right offensive plays, their offensive coordinator got fired, then they got Byron Lefwich. He's a rookie, gets thrusted in midway through the season. You 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 can't judge him on that. And it does suck. He's going to Miami. He's probably saying, uh, can we get Gase back? Uh, just maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> can, we, can we get this guy back? No. And it, can we get some offensive linemen? I definitely, a, that's a, a great receiver. Point, Steve. Yeah. You know, Dante and, Parker. Yeah. 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 yeah and uh, the problem with the
3: Cardinals, too, is that they didn't have it. Their their most dynamic receiver was, was uh, Larry Fitzgerald. You yeah. know what I mean? Because uh, Christian Kirk isn't very, like, he's not a burner. You know, he's, not, he's a good route runner, but he's not a burner. So. But now he goes to the Dolphins, and they're kind of in the same situation. Now the only thing is now the Dolphins have a little bit more money now to spend. You know they they only have to pay Joshua Rosen six million dollars over the next three years, which is His nothing best, for a quarterback. You know, world. I mean that's insane, right? For a starting caliber quarterback and uh, quarterback. And if he would have came out started, this year,
0: he would have been a top five pick, no matter what. Yeah, I think he starts day one, Tommy. I I I don't no. I feel bad for Mitts too, but Fitz, I mean. But I do think Rosen is your starter day one, and it's his job to lose. That's how I think it should play out. And and Fitz only comes in if Rosen gets hurt behind that offensive lineman. Dude, Dominic throwing the heat this episode with the hot takes all over the place, bro. I,
3: I think you are right, Dom. I think. I mean, why wouldn't you go with Rosen? I mean, you you yeah. got to see what you got. You know, you know what
0: Fitzpatrick is. He's been on like yeah. what eight teams. You know, yeah, I, I guarantee. I guarantee he has not. He was the only quarterback. Not mad because it's happened to him so many times. Yeah, he's like, he's oh, of course play. the Dolphins, yeah. of course yeah. the
1: Dolphins drafted a guy that happened to me every time in my career. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Well, I, I'm I'm looking forward to see Fitz Magic uh, pull out the chain and and the uh, the shirtless uh, jacket and and the sunglasses again. So I don't know. I mean, I yeah, think that would be a good board bet. Uh, you know, I actually think Fitz is going to start the season. But if you if you want to put a bet out there, maybe we should do that. I think that it's going to be interesting the whole season, though. Too, the comparison
3: between, especially if Rosen starts, like Dominic is saying, and Kyler Murray, who kind of has the better year, you know. Because what if it's like a uh, oh, a, a yeah. Brett Favre situation where, like, you know, the Falcons traded Brett Favre to Green Bay, and then you know Brett Favre's like a ridiculous career, you know, they could really come back and bite the uh, the Cardinals in the butt. I mean, they totally they could really
1: have screwed this up. I, I, I hope not because I, I think uh, Kyler's a great player, but. Yeah, only time will tell, you know. All right, guys, let's get to uh,
3: some free nuggets now for our audience.
2: Free nuggets.
3: We're going to give you guys a quick couple of quick players that we think are worth picking up for this next season. Dom, why
0: don't you start us off on this one? Tommy, before we get into this, just a quick question. In Dynasty rookie draft, we took Kyle Murray first overall and there's been some more rookie adp and now he's kind of going second late second early third round any
1: regrets for reaching for him or do you think he's the guy for you in that super flex startup we got into yes yes i i mean I, i went all in on that trade to get the overall 101 but i had to because it was super flex and all i had was matt ryan josh rosen and someone else who might not even play. So I I needed to go get the number one guy or at least the go get the quarterback that might start right away over anyone else. And hopefully that works out. And I don't have regrets because I think I needed to do it in that situation. But if I had better quarterbacks, I wouldn't have done it. And if I didn't realize halfway through that draft that I didn't really have anyone that was great for a super flex league then I probably wouldn't have made that trade. So I don't know. I mean that's that's the guy I was gonna talk about. I mean I think Kyler Murray needs to be one of your top pick fi- f- top picks in super flex leagues because of that, because he's going, he has the best opportunity to get on the field right away out of any other quarterback. And if you have two or three great quarterbacks, then yeah definitely don't you don't need to go for him. Go for someone like Josh Jacobs maybe. But if you need a quarterback, I mean, I think he's the best opportunity, best rookie out there to get. I think he's going to finish in the top, I'm going to say 15
3: uh, of all NFL quarterbacks can, this year. I can so, see it. So so because, of the, because of the legs, man, I think that's a big deal. I mean, Josh Allen was like uh, last year for the Buffalo Bills, was like the top quarterback for like five weeks in a row or something like that. Yeah. So I think with the, uh, I mean, and then with Arizona, you know they're going to throw the ball a lot. It's going to be the air raid over there. So I think Kyler Murray, with being able to throw the ball, running the ball, especially in, um, I guess in all leagues, but like a super flex player, he would be excellent. But um, I think he's going to be a good quarterback this year. And I think you're right, Tommy. I think he's a guy you have to pick
0: up. We'll do this bet. We'll over under 13, top 13 quarterback. Uh, If you pick under, you get 13 and under. If you pick over, over 13. And we'll throw it out to Twitter too, Tommy, and see what people think on Twitter. But we'll, we'll pick right now. I'll go like first. That. I'm i I'm taking the under. He's going to be below 13. He's going to finish in the top 13 quarterbacks this Ooh, year. That's the top 15,
3: man. Yeah. you know, Are you taking two for the house or what, man? <laughs> so you're saying over then, right? The big, man. Um, uh, I'm going to go over just because, of, you know, they're going to play. He has, he has some tough games. Man, but they're going to be behind a lot too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a hard one because you got to think of that too. Is his defense going to be very good? Probably not. And they're going to play against the 49ers. They're going to score points. They're going to play against the Seahawks. They run the ball, maybe not as much, but they're going to play against the Rams. They score a lot of points. Yep. So he might be having a lot of garbage time, you know, a couple 50 yards at the end of
0: a game, you know, rushing. Bro, so, the Cardinals I mean, yeah. are bringing back T-Sizzle for a retirement tour. <laughs> He's
1: going to be tearing it
0: up, bro.
3: He's going to yeah, get 12 sacks this know, year.
1: Uh, well, and- go, I'll go over over on that one. I'll go over the the one thing that scares me about kyler murray going to the cardinals is the cardinals didn't do a single thing to fix that offensive line right and like you said they were was it they were the worst in the league last year yeah worst in the league and you do nothing to fix it and i know i know uh, kingsbury loves his air raid and he's going to stretch it out and and maybe they don't the offense linemen don't need to be that good you know and right. when I really and I and I haven't I wanted to kind of dive into it a little bit and I haven't yet but I look at Texas Tech offense alignment and I can't think of a single one that came out was, and that was any sort of a high draft pick or anything wow. you know that anyone really knew, really knew about so maybe they don't need great offense alignment maybe they get Kyler. the ball. they rid of the ball so fast. It's right. like under two, se- like at two seconds, they
3: have to make a decision and throw the ball. So right. they're going to definitely try not to give the defense an opportunity to
0: get to him, and then moving him off the spot as well. Because and f- they did, they fix that line perfectly. They got Kyle Murray, and he can't be tackled. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter how bad their offensive line are.
3: I mean, excited, I mean l- last year the Cardinals were unwatchable. They were terrible to watch. This terrible. year, it's like I'm going to be looking at a uh, red zone and be like, hey, let's put the Cardinals on, man. I want to see what's going on over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. I'm excited, man.
1: It's gonna be cool. Well, and, and then does Kyler boost everyone else around him? You know, for fantasy, does he boost David Johnson? Does he boost Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk? You know, does it just make it that much better for that team? Absolutely, J- David Johnson and PPR
0: gets.
3: Yeah, team. so do I. I think he might be dumping off some some balls to him, or or even like uh, play action. You know, I'm sure they're going to do some uh, option too. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. With, uh, with Kyler and him, a lot, so. screens, a lot of screens, a lot of, a lot of screens. Yeah, that's so it was DJ was looking good at that towards the end of the uh, last season. So I think even before the Kyler thing, I was already pretty high on DJ going into this year. Definitely,
0: definitely. So my I, guy, the reason I asked and I brought up fantasy pros, my guy is now number one, worth picking up, and that's our our boy, the Raider, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he got, boy. He looks like he's got a great chance to start in Oakland with Lynch retiring and, like I said, Corwell p- tearing his ACL. They did pick up Doug Martin, but I'm pretty excited about this guy. I know you guys are too. Yeah, I'm super excited.
1: I'll just say I, I love JJ. I think that's a great pick. I mean, it's there this running back class wasn't amazing. Uh, we talked about that on our on our Combine episode. You know, there's not the Zeke, Saquon, Todd Gurley types out there. But Josh Jacobs was arguably the running back one of this class, you know, the best running back of this draft he class. It definitely consensus. Yep. And, yeah, and 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 so I think you know I think it's a great fit, and I think they have enough pieces there with Jalen Rashard re-signing Doug Martin. I'm really excited to see what Chris Warren's going to do, but I I think you know they can mix it up enough that. You know he. We talked about how he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, right? So I, I think they're going to slow, slowly get him into the into the game and get into the offense and, and not wear him out. But going back to like beast mode retiring, I don't know that he's fully retired. I mean, I I, I could see that Marshawn comes back like week ten, you know, and and especially if the if the Raiders are. are are in some sort of contention to get to the playoffs. That he comes back and gives them that last boost that they need to make the playoffs. So let me ask
3: you: If Lynch comes back, is Josh Jacobs even draftable? I think so. I mean, because I think even you guys, because you have Rashard too. So you yeah, have right. That's a, that's, a, that's and that's a pretty crowded backfield.
1: Well, and I, I think Josh Jacobs is like a great combination of all of them. You know, and and because he he run with power but he's also fast and he's a downhill runner But and he can catch the ball in the backfield. He's a great pass catcher. So you have a three down back and then you can spell him with Richard, your third down running back. And then, you know, during the goal line or, you know, a couple of first or second down runs, you know, get someone bigger in there like beast mode or Doug or Chris Warren. So I, I, I still think he's the, he's the, the running back of the future.
3: I know, but the, to to the fantasy point this year though, it, with a three, that many, that three headed monster is even worth picking up. I don't, I don't think he, if, if Lynch comes back, I'm not getting Josh Jacobs. Maybe I'll take him late and consider hoping, not hoping, but expecting Marshawn maybe to get hurt. You know what I mean? But they're going to feed Marshawn the ball,
0: especially last year in Oakland. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's, my, that's yeah. my only reservation with Josh Jacobs. Marshawn Lynch retired before the draft. They drafted a running back with their second pick. There's no way he's he's coming back. Yeah, I know. Um, I find it hard to believe, too. If he does, for like in your scenario, Tommy, the only way I'm scared of Josh Jacobs is in that first playoff game because I'm riding Marshawn Lynch in a playoff game over, you know, rookie Josh Jacobs because you know he's still got one good Seattle right. game left in him. Right.
2: My I don't know. know
1: it's it's a conspiracy theory, but I think yeah. it could happen. I don't know. No, definitely, I agree with you. You I, love your conspiracy like like theories. <laughs> <laughs> the world is flat,
3: man. Hey. I'm <laughs> <Hey, hey, hey. laughs> uh, my guy, that, that I'm gonna go um, to pick up this year. I, I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf uh, from Seattle to steal Dominic's guy. I think uh, he's he's a super freak, and I think anybody playing with Russell Wilson. It has a really good chance to do well. I know they don't throw the ball as much in Seattle anymore like they used to, but I also think he's going to get a lot of goal line opportunities, and that should be good to play action with Russell Wilson. I think that he has a chance to
0: have a good year. What do you guys think? Yeah, Steve, I I was in love with DK. I wanted him somehow to get to the Raiders, but he just didn't fall to us in the right position, and so I'm happy we didn't take him the way the draft panned out. But he reminds you physically of Calvin Johnson, but he is not Calvin Johnson looking at his no. college ca- career versus Calvin Johnson's at Georgia Tech. But I think it's a nice piece, and he definitely fell to a good team for him. If he would have went to – you know, Buffalo. Buffalo, exactly. Where we he like, good yeah. go to die.
3: You know what's <laughs> crazy is like when we talked last on the pod, uh, we did the, the – before the draft, we were talking about Metcalf. Like they were talking about possibly top 10 – he did not get yeah. drafted until the last pick of the second everyone,
0: round. Everyone fell in love with his Columbine, and then the scouts went through the tape, and you know, reason reason came to surface. It's prisoner of the moment. We all or do ma- that. We,
3: yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe everybody, the, all the mock drafts, everyone just saw him and they're like, oh my god, he's a freak, and they're gonna they're gonna take him. But that means his film was not very good. If he went to, I mean, he's still a second round pick, but I think he's a second round pick because of his physical abilities.
0: I and remember I was you know, high on him, the but charts. T- Tommy said it. I remember you said this. Tommy, you said he's not even the best
1: receiver on his team. Yeah, AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown's yeah. way better, and yeah. I think AJ Brown landed in actually a really good spot. I mean, I know it's Tennessee. I know Mariota's, you know, not amazing, and and they got Ryan Tannehill now, but they needed a third receiver. They needed a complement uh, to Corey Davis, and now they got uh, Adam Humphreys. and so. You know, I think they still needed that third guy to really round out the offense. And I really like where AJ Brown landed. Uh, I, I still wouldn't draft him in the, in the first round, especially for rookie drafts or anything like that. But yeah, it, I like DK it. wasn't I, even the best receiver.
3: Yeah. And I like the Titans, like to your to when you're talking about them getting Tannehill, like they know Mariota gets hurt. So why not have a really good backup for him this year? They got a yeah. good team. And I like v- Vrabel and they got a good defense. I hope Mariota could stay healthy and, you know, just start slinging
0: a little bit more. Because that offense could be pretty good. They got a good since team. You guys, since you guys are talking about the Titans, tell me that Corey Davis and uh, Henry, Henry, Derek Henry aren't this Derrick Henry aren't the two scariest skill players to take in fantasy football right now. There, okay. Derrick Henry is so appealing, and same with Corey Davis. They had great games and decent seasons, <sighs> but th- where was he the first half of the season? Yeah. Yeah. They should
1: be so much better than they really are. Corey Davis is so good too, man. So so he, needs good. A, he needs a quarterback to throw him the ball. Yeah. You know, So, do we believe in Derrick Henry this year though? Like after seeing like, is, you know, he, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a target. There's no one else he has to worry about. It's him. It's his backfield. He's going to get the rock, but is he going to produce? Do we still, or, you know, is this the year think, that I maybe you trust Derek? I think it depends on Mariota.
3: You know, if he could stay healthy and they can, they have the threat of throwing the ball. I think he's going to do well, but I, mean, I think they're going to stack the box on them pretty good. So, you know, I think you know. Hopefully, this will be a breakout year for him and 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 Corey Davis. You know, I'd love to see that. It'd
0: be good. Yeah, it would be good. So, I have a deep sleeper. If you guys want to get into that, yeah, go ahead. But I'm I'm really interested to hear who Tommy has because he usually comes <laughs> up pretty pretty good with these. So, deep hopefully do, sleeper. Give me a little nugget and I'll take it. In our, but anyway, I'm gonna go guy. first. Uh, okay, no, go. You go first.
3: No, no go I'm first. Just with go you
0: Snake I'm gonna go wonder. Hunter Refro.
2: Free nuggets.
3: Okay. Oh. I hope I stole yours, Dominic. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and the only reason I'm going with him is because this dude, to your point, uh, is a winner. You know, all he knows how to do is yes. catch winning balls. The guy is a anomaly. You know, he shouldn't be in the league. He's like super short, super small hands, super small arms. The guy just is a good route runner. He can get separation, and he catches everything. And I think Derek Carr, uh, Mister Dink and Dunk. Is going to freaking love him in the slot. You know what I mean? Besides the, yeah. I think he's going to, I don't think the Raiders, I've been hammering this the last two, three years. The Raiders haven't had a good slot receiver. And in, in a long time that I can remember, to be honest with you, a, a shifty guy, you know, I think he's going to do great in, in Gruden's offense. And I, I mean,
1: I could see him scoring, you know, six, seven touchdowns this year. No joke. Ooh. I like him. I like that one. I like that one. I mean, and you. and you better than you're talking about, like, we haven't had a good slot receiver. Like, I mean, Seth Roberts has been the best slot receiver there for the last few years. Yeah, and he can't catch. And then again, yeah, and it's Seth. <laughs> Ro- well, well, he catches when it like really matters. He catches yeah. those like really hard to catch passes and the, comes the up big. Yeah. Right, but the ones he should, he's, yeah, he's not there. But so. We need a
3: guy to be able to catch. We the Raiders need a guy that can catch the ball in the first quarter when it's like third and three and they're like got a good drive going. You know what I mean? We don't need the Seth Roberts is always good in like the fourth quarter sometimes, which is important. But sometimes those drives in the first quarter make a huge difference in the points, you know, at the end of the at the end of the game. You know what yeah. I mean? So we need a guy that consistently that Derek has is like almost a safety blanket. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is a
0: Raider podcast. I know.
3: I know. <laughs> no, no. But to be honest, I do like that because that's my sleeper. That's a sleeper. I think it's like kind of like a Cooper Cup style. You know? I, that's what, what I'm I'm gonna gonna ask. Really How's, good. Do you think he's more Wes Welker or more Cooper Cooper Cup? I think he's more Cooper Cup because I don't think he's as fa- Wes Welker was fast. Yeah. West Walker was really fast, and he was did quick. That, I think did was you see the
0: oh, what was the kid's name? He's a slot receiver, and he from like uh, low, lower school. And he's
1: Yeah, he ran like a four three forty was. Jesus. Yeah, you and nasty. ended up on the Cardinals. So that's the other yeah. receiver they got. So, so my deep sleeper—that's
0: a good one, Steve. My deep sleeper is actually a running back. Uh, I don't even know if you guys will know the name or what team he went to. Alexander Madison. Anyone? Anyone? Oh, Madison. He went to the Vikings in the third round.
2: Free. Nuggets.
0: And with Dalvin Cook's injury you know, history, this kid could be the backup right away. He was out of Boise State. I watched a couple games because we're on the West Coast, and I think this guy's a stud, and he has a good shot to play if Dalvin gets hurt. I think he's a, a deep sleeper that not a lot of people
1: know about. Yeah, that's a good one. I like Madison. And, and you know, I'm really high on Dalvin Cook. I... I love what Cook is cooking and I'll eat it up all day long. I'll take it. Because I think he's amazing. But he does get hurt and he does have an injury history. And I think the last two seasons, he's missed four games each. So yeah, I think that's a great pickup for them. I just I just I'm I'm all in on Cook, so I really hope that get, get he's that, fine get that this handcuff. Year. Get that handcuff when you get him, man. Well I'm gonna have to now. <laughs> Who you got? All right, so so my my sleeper, another guy that I've been really high on. For those of you that follow the podcast uh, Twitter handle, I did a really deep dive thread spotlight on this guy, Miles Gaskin from University of Washington.
2: Free nuggets.
1: Been high on him since his second year in college, um, and, and he's ended up in Miami, and they have a decent bench there, you know, or a decent squad there uh, with mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj. I just think he's better than both those guys, and and I think he's going to get on the field early for for some of that third down rolls because he's that type of running back that can catch, and I think he could break into into that running back rotation pretty quick. So I really like Miles Gaskin. Uh, so the other guy that you know we talked about the two tight ends that went in the first round, uh, the boys from Iowa, uh, but the tight end that I actually really like in this draft class of uh, where he went. And I guess it's not technically a sleeper. It's just that not that many people are talking about him is Irv Smith going yeah, to the Vikings.
2: Free nuggets.
1: Yeah. But and I think, him. and I think, you know, Kyle Rudolph is still a good tight end. I just think this doesn't really bode well for him because, because Irv's really good. I think they were Irv, shopping him. Weren't they like shopping uh, Kyle Rudolph? At one point. Yeah. And, and so I think with them going to Irv Smith, um, you know, uh, I think you'll see them both, you know, uh, in a lot of 12, uh, Twelve personnel sets, but I think Irv, you know, is going to be the man. If not this year, then the next year. I could definitely see him taking over and being their number one tight end long term. My, my my office is in Minnesota, and uh, some of our guys
0: they're huge Vikings fans. And I was texting with a guy during the draft, and he said, "Yeah, we want to get rid of Kyle Rudolph. Kyle the Vikings oh, wow. uh, for whatever reason they they don't like. I don't know if he's, he's a fan. He just hates him because he you know doesn't show up in big games, but." they're all on board with Irv Smith. So I love that, that pick. Now um, let's
3: do some house cleaning stuff. Give you guys a little bit of an insight of what's going on with the podcast
1: uh, for the next couple months. Tommy, you want to let the people know? We're definitely a podcast that, that is a a weekly show during the season. But you know, now that the draft is over and we're, we're into dynasty season, this probably is going to be our, our last podcast for a little bit. Uh, the two on one crew is going to go on vacation for the summer and take a little R and R and recoup and focus on developing some content for the website. Uh, our website is just launched, uh, two on one fantasy sports.com. Uh, go and check us out. We have a couple of articles up online and some good stuff with, with other podcasts that we're working with. And yeah, we're going to keep the content flowing uh, through this, uh, through this summer and this off season before we start next season. And, uh, you know, with, with the, with the website we also have uh, our merchandise line that's up on spreadshirt.com so if you go to shop.spreadshirt.com and search for two-on-one merch you will find us so you can get some hats some shirts a bunch of cool gear uh fully customizable you can add your own stuff on there and uh and yeah if you if you purchase some some merch from from the two-on-one uh send us a dm uh, let us know that you got some stuff show us some pictures with uh with you and your family and our, our cool gear. So we always appreciate seeing stuff like that from our listeners. And then speaking of listeners, we we uh, will be having our podcast versus listeners league, uh, our redraft league starting up at the start of next season. And we have some great group of uh, guys in there, and we're really excited to get that going. And thanks to all the podcasts that that agreed to come and be part of that with us. Uh, the two-on-one listeners league uh, inaugural season. So big shout out to, to our podcast, uh, the Rum Boys, the Five Yard Rush Crew, the Fantasy Fam, 4th uh, Down Fantasy, who who doesn't have his own podcast, but he's got a great following on Twitter. And yeah, and their buddy Frank at the at the FFL Wire. Um, so we're really excited to have those guys uh, go up against some listeners that, that would like to listen to our show and, and see if they uh, can beat the podcast. And then um, you know, even though it's our last show for our last regular show for a while, uh, we still might drop a couple mini pods throughout the offseason, season, the summer, just talking about little things here and there that that pop up in the sports world that are that are worth getting on the horn about and, and talking about. So so be on the lookout for any mini, mini pods that drop. We'll be sure to drop them on Twitter and let you know all about them. And uh, yeah, and then that's that's basically about it for the summer. You know, we'll we'll return to our regular show for the 2019 season right before week one. Uh, with a special guest whose uh, whose specialty is sleepers. Uh, So stay tuned for that one. And like I said, we'll let you know on Twitter and uh, look out for us. All right, everyone. That does it for
3: today's show. For all of you listeners out there, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps us out tremendously to connect with new listeners. We appreciate all our listeners and we'll be showing our appreciation next season with a few giveaways from Pristine Auction, including signed jerseys. So until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at two on one FFB podcast. And as always, you can find each of us on Twitter. I'm at fb savant seventy seventy five,
1: and I'm at tmo fifty two underscore, and I'm at yeast mode twenty four.
3: All right, guys, thanks, and have a great summer and enjoy the Game of Thrones season finale. Valar Morghulis. Valar
1: Dohares. That boy good That boy good That boy good, Dead boy good.